scripture reading this morning comes from 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. So if you have your Bible, I encourage you to get it out. If you don't have a Bible, there's one in the pew in front of you you can use, or I'm sure you can track, track one down on your phone if, uh, if you have that with you. Uh, just, you know, don't play video games or anything like that. Try to find the Bible, the Bible app. If, unless you're tempted, then just use the paper copy right there in your pew. Okay, so 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, Paul writes, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people would not endure sound doctrine or sound teaching, But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. May God bless the reading of His Word. You know, as I dive into this passage this morning with you all, I want to look at it from two perspectives. The first is from the perspective of the hearer, because he addresses the hearer uh, in this passage. And then the second perspective I want to take a look at is from the perspective of the minister. And so I think you all will fall into at least one, if not both, of these categories. So I hope you'll consider Uh, what this passage has to say to you. So first, let's consider what Paul says about the hearer. Now, the hearer is the person who who is being ministered to, who is listening to the message, okay? So mainly that's you all right now. You are the hearers, okay? The hearer is the person being ministered to or listening to the message. And in verses three through four, Paul tells Timothy to anticipate certain types of hearers. And by looking at these types of hearers in these verses... We're going to learn, one, what type of hearers that we should not be. And by looking at them, we can deduct that, okay, there are a type of, we, can, we should be certain types of hearers based on uh, what these hearers are like. So let's, let's see what he says in verse 3. He says, For the time is coming <clears throat> when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth. And wander off into myths. So Paul is telling Timothy, uh, there will be people who will not endure or put up with uh, sound teaching. They'll no no longer put up with uh, the truth of God's word. And the reason they'll no longer put up with that is because they have itching ears. Now this phrase, itching ears, means that you only want to hear certain things. And there are certain things you don't want to hear. Okay, so you have certain things that you are open to and that you want to hear. And Paul says that these people will only want to hear what suits their own passions. In other words, they want an auditory massage. Now, have you ever been to a massage therapist? I've never been, but I've talked to people who have been. And there's at least a few reasons why you go to a massage therapist. One reason is maybe you have some sore muscles you know, that maybe are causing you discomfort and pain. And so you go to the massage therapist so they can try to work those sore muscles out, loosen them up, make you feel better, give you some relief. Or maybe you're just stressed out and you're like, you know what, I need a massage just to de-stress and uh, feel better. 
And so, uh, but I know this, okay? You go to the massage therapist and you want to leave there feeling better, right? That's the whole kind of the point. I want to go there. I want to leave. I want to leave feeling better. I want to get relief, relaxation, de-stress. And if you don't leave feeling better, then that massage therapist is not going to stay in business very long because that's kind of the whole point of their business is to make you feel better. Well, what Paul's saying here is that, you know, these people want uh, an auditory massage. In other words, they only want to hear what makes them feel good. And Paul is telling Timothy there will be people in his ministry or in the sound of his voice that only want to hear things in line with their passions. There will be people who will want the minister to only tell them what they want to hear. And if the minister doesn't cooperate with them, then they'll just simply accumulate for themselves teachers uh, that will cooperate. So this type of hearer is someone who does not want to hear the bad news. They only want to hear the good news, right? This person never wants to be told they are wrong. You ever, you ever met this person? Maybe we've been that person, right? You never want to be told you're wrong. Uh, they, you know, they never want to hear that their lifestyle may be sinful. And they don't want to hear that they need to repent and seek God's forgiveness. They only want to hear teaching that approves of what they want to do. And they have no interest in hearing sound teaching. And Paul says they will not endure sound teaching. They will not put up with it. But they will turn away from listening to the truth and turn aside to myths. Now obviously, uh, that is not the type of hearer that we as followers of Jesus should be. Right? You know, if you're a Christian... That it is not good for you just to hear what you want to hear all the time. And you don't want to hear somebody just telling you that everything about you is just fantastic, wonderful. You're doing everything great. Nothing needs to change. Because when you read the Bible, you realize the Bible doesn't say that. You know, if you're going to go to the Bible and expect to be told how great you are all the time, then you're not going to read the Bible long. I mean, because the Bible is going to tell you, hey, uh, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You know, uh, the heart is deceitful. And you're thinking, well, that's not stroking my ego. Because the Bible's not about stroking your ego. The Bible's about telling you the truth. And sometimes the truth runs contrary to your life. And you need to repent and turn to God and seek correction by the power of His Spirit. And so as followers of Jesus, we know uh, that we need correction. And I know no one likes to be corrected. I mean, we're not lining up to be corrected, Right? No one likes to be wrong. However, we as Christians recognize the need for correction. You know, we recognize we have not arrived. And there are things about our lives that don't line up with the way God wants it to be. And so I need to hear God's truth so we can get back on track with Him. And we realize that because of the effect of sin, we don't need you know, an auditory massage. But we need the message of God's truth. We need to hear what God wants us to hear. And so we ought to be hearers that are willing to endure sound teaching, even when it confronts our passions. Because we know that our passions, when left unchecked by the truth, will lead us astray. Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? 
And then in verse 10 it says, I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind. You know, our our passions, our hearts need to hear the message of God's truth if we're going to become the people God wants us to be. Because here's the thing. God does not want us happy in sin. Does He? He wants us happy in holiness. I mean, it's not that He doesn't want you happy, but He wants you happy with holiness. Happy with Him. Happy with the truth. And this only can come about through the message of God's truth. So think about what kind of hearer you are. I mean, are you you willing to have your lifestyle challenged by God's Word? Are Are you willing to have your relationships directed by God's Word? Are you you willing to have your beliefs corrected by God's Word? Or do you just want that auditory massage so you can just come and feel good and go home with the approval of what your life already looks like? The reason Paul warns Timothy about these types of hearers, both outside the church and inside the church, is to help Timothy fulfill his ministry. Which leads to the second perspective that I want to look at this morning, and that is the perspective of the minister. Now, I'm using the term minister to refer to the one who is speaking the truth of God's word. I could have used the word preacher, but I don't want you to think too narrowly of this person. Like, it's only someone like you, Ron, who stands in the pulpit every Sunday and and preaches a message. Obviously, that is uh, applicable because Timothy was a preacher, leader, teacher in the church in Ephesus, but, but I want you to think more broadly than that because I think this applies not only to those who are, are preachers, um, but anyone who's involved in the mission of God. But Timothy, I mean, Paul is preparing Timothy to fulfill his specific role in the mission of God. And the way Paul is preparing Timothy is both by telling him what to expect in ministry, but also telling, telling him how to navigate it. Okay? And so now some of you may be teachers. Uh, And some of you may even become preachers. And certainly this passage applies to you, like I said earlier. But I also believe that this passage applies to all Christians who are involved in the mission of God. And this is why. You know, if you're seeking to represent Jesus with your life and with your words, then you'll benefit from hearing Paul's advice to Timothy. So no matter what your gifting is, however you're involved in the mission of God... You can apply these truths to your life so that you can fulfill the ministry God has given you to fulfill. So Paul tells Timothy seven things that he needs to do in order to navigate the various types of hearers and situations that he will encounter. And so let me run through these quickly. First is that he needs to work for the Lord and not for the praise of men. You see it in verse 1. Paul writes, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead. And by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. So think of it like this. Let's let's say uh, the president of the United States was coming to visit your home. And you had one month to get ready. Now, uh, would you spend your time differently than you normally would? Uh, Probably so. You'd probably think, oh goodness, okay, I got one month. Uh, And we all have this to-do list, right? For our house, we have all these things that we need to do. But we just kind of been putting it off because we don't really want to do it. But then you're like, okay, the president of the United States is coming to visit my home in a month. Well, I'm going to start knocking out that to-do list because I want to prepare for his appearing, his coming. 
And when the president arrives, I mean, we're going to, you know, give him the best chair. We're going to probably not going to use paper plates. We're probably going to bring out the nicer china. You know, we're going to fix a really nice meal. We're probably not going to get carry out from like Dairy Queen. You know, we're going to try to really prepare because he's coming. I mean, the president's coming. That's a privilege to have the president visit your home. Uh, And knowing that he's coming to visit is going to make you use your time differently. You're going to prepare differently than if he wasn't going to come at all. And so the idea here is how much more should we be preparing for the appearing of Jesus? You know, the coming of Christ. He says, that's why Paul says, I charge you in the presence of God and Christ, who is the judge living in the dead, and he's coming. So you need to prepare for when he comes. You need to be working with an eye to that reality. You need to be working to please God rather than please men. And so we ought to be motivated as Christians not by fear of criticism of man or trying to get the praise of man, but rather we should be motivated to carry out our ministry, carry out our work to please God and to hear the words of Christ. Well done. I mean, that's what we're concerned with. That's what we're looking for. So the only way that you and I are going to persevere in ministry is by working to please the Lord. The second thing Paul tells Timothy is to preach the word. Well, what word? Well, the word of God, the Bible. If you're going to help people come to know Jesus and become growing followers of Jesus, then we don't need to proclaim speculation. We need to proclaim revelation. So we need to preach the word, the word of God. The third thing Paul tells Timothy is to be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. So let me ask you this. If you walk into Walmart, can you tell which holiday is coming up? Well, there's a, <laughs> there may be multiple ones already already, but we know Halloween's coming up. You walk into Walmart, you probably hear, I mean, you probably see costumes all over the place. Now, I'm not going to talk about what Halloween's going to look like because we're already wearing masks, but it'll be maybe other masks. I don't know, but it'll be an interesting Halloween nonetheless. However... You know Walmart's going to put out that Halloween costume real early, so to prepare for Halloween. And then as you get a little bit closer to Halloween, what are you going to see? Christmas decorations. Christmas. They're going to start putting up, kind of sidelining the Halloween stuff, rolling out the Christmas, right? And then as Christmas gets close, they're going to start pulling those away, rolling out the Valentines. They know what you're going to buy when you're going to buy it. And so they put things out. Take things away. Put things out. Take. We were in Old Navy the other day. It works the same thing in clothing stores. We were in Bluffton last weekend. Went to Old Navy. It's 100 degrees outside. They have all the winter clothes out. But I'm thinking, well, they probably know more than I do. They know people are buying for the winter now. They're not buying for the summer because summer's almost over. So they're kind of getting ahead of the season. They know people are preparing for the fall, the winter. I'm thinking, well, you know, that may be fine for Walmart and Old Navy. It's probably good, a good business practice to know the seasons, to cater to the customer. However, that is not a good practice for the church. Not a good practice for the church at all. You know, the church cannot just bring out certain truths of God's Word when it's in season with the culture. And that's not how we are to carry out our ministry. We can't just, oh, this, the culture may not like this truth of God's Word, so let me put that on the shelf until it comes back into uh, popularity. Then I'll roll it out again. 
Or I'm only going to teach from the Bible those things that the culture is going to like. And that's not how the church is to function. We're to be ready in season and out of season. And I wonder if that were to be how the church, if the church was to model itself after Walmart or Old Navy, as far as how it you know, offers God's truths, I mean, what truths would we share? You know, what truths of God's Word are acceptable to the general public? I mean, can we share God's design for marriage? That it should be a covenant relationship between one man and one woman. I mean, can we, could we ever share that God created humanity, male and female? I mean, could we share that sex outside of marriage is wrong? Could we share that racism is sinful? And you may say, well, Ron, I think that one, I think that would be more accepted today. But what about 100 years ago? Could the church share that? Would it be in season? You know, can we share that it's only through faith in Jesus Christ that a person is made right with God and every other religion is wrong? I mean, can we share that? Is that truth in season or out of season? You know, if we, if we were to wait for the acceptable season to share these truths and others, then we would, I mean, when would that season come? What would you preach? What would you teach from God's Word? You know, the fact that there will always be biblical truth that are, that are truths that are seen to be out of season by the general public. But Paul's charge to Timothy is that he must be ready in season and out of season to patiently correct error and encourage people to pursue God's design. Now, if you've been attending our church for any amount of time, then you know that I spend most of my time preaching through books of the Bible. And there's a reason why I do that. Um, and the, the main reason I do that is because I think we need to learn the whole counsel of God's Word. And the benefit of, of walking through books of the Bible is it keeps us from, and it keeps me from just teaching you the topics that I'm most interested in at the moment. But rather, when we go through books of the Bible, uh, I don't have control over the content. The book of the Bible has control over the content. So we're walking through it, and we're just going to tackle whatever comes. And it may be uncomfortable, it may be controversial, it may be you know, out of season. But that's not our, our interest is not just to come in and have an auditory massage, right? I mean, we want the message of God's truth. We want to know, God, what does your word say? And how does my life line up with that? What would you want me to do about this? How do you want me to respond to this? So if we're going to be hearers that endure sound doctrine, sound teaching, instead of just wanting an auditory massage, we need to be exposed to the whole counsel of God's Word, no matter what season you know, our community may currently be in. The fourth thing that Paul tells Timothy is, you know, to fulfill your ministry, you need to be sober-minded. Um, yeah, to be sober-minded means to be spiritually alert. You know, he just said that some will wander off into myths. But in verse 5 he says, As for you, be sober-minded. And if you're going to fulfill your ministry that God has given you, then you need to be spiritually alert. You need to be able to see when you begin to go off course from God's plan, God's Word, God's design. 
And so you need to be able to see when, you be, when things begin to deviate from God's truth so that, one, you can get back on track with God, but also you can help others get back on track as well. The fifth thing that Paul tells Timothy is to endure suffering. And this is something he's repeated throughout this letter. You know, if you're going to represent Jesus, there will be times when you encounter some friction. And that's because not everybody agrees with God. You know, not everybody's going to agree with God. And they don't mind letting you know that. And so sometimes there will be some friction and that may even lead to some suffering. But at the same time, you know, your ministry may change someone's life for eternity. So it's worth it. Which leads to my next point. The sixth thing that Paul tells Timothy is to do the work of an evangelist. You know, the evangelist, the evangelist is simply someone who shares the gospel, shares the good news about Jesus. Uh, and we all should be learning how to share our faith with those around us. And some of you may have the gift of evangelism, and the Bible talks about that, but I don't think Timothy had the gift of, of evangelism. But I do think he should have, uh, you know, he should fulfill the role of evangelist, like Paul said, because I think that's something all Christians should do. We should be able to share, you know, about the hope that's in us. We should be able to share the gospel. The seventh thing that Paul tells Timothy to do is fulfill your ministry. You know, he says, I want you to fulfill your ministry. Discharge the duties that God has given you. This means that you should use your gifts and resources to extend the gospel's reach and help people become growing followers of Jesus. And so let me ask you this. Do you have a ministry? Think about it. Do you have a ministry? You know, a ministry is simply the way in which you're involved in the mission of God. It's the way in which you are helping people know Christ and grow in Christ. That's your ministry. And there are four primary ways you can minister. I was thinking through this. I was thinking, you know, there's really four, I guess, primary ways. One, you can minister to people through prayer. Two, you can minister to people through giving of your resources to gospel-centered causes. Uh, Three, you can minister to people through serving physically serving. Uh, And four, you can minister to people through speaking. Whether that's teaching, encouraging, sharing the gospel with someone. Um, So think about how are you you ministering to people? What is your ministry? You know, how is God wanting you to fulfill your ministry? And if you don't have a specific way in which you're ministering, then I encourage you to get involved in one of the ministries of our church. And if you're like, well, Ron, I'm not real sure how to do that, I'd encourage you to come talk to me. Or call me, message me, and I'd love to walk alongside you and help you get plugged in in a way that you can have a ministry. Have a way you can be involved in making disciples. Because, you know, we need everyone to be involved in the Hill Baptist Church so that we can fulfill collectively the ministry that God has called us to fulfill. Let me just close with this. If you want to make everyone happy, go sell ice cream. Okay? If you want to make everybody happy, if that's your goal, sell ice cream. I love, I love getting ice cream, and I'm happy when I receive ice cream. But if you want to change lives for eternity, uh, then you must be willing to hear the message of God's Word, proclaim that message, and fulfill your ministry. Let us pray. Father, thank You for this morning. Thank You for Your Word that continues to guide us and direct us into holiness into the life that you have called us to live, in the ministry that you've called us to fulfill. 
Lord, thank you for this guidance that Paul gave Timothy many years ago and how we can apply it to our own lives as we consider what type of hearers we are as well as what type of ministers that we are. Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit, would you strengthen us, guide us, direct us so that we may fulfill the ministry you're calling us to. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.